A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the part of thunder. Ooh, ooh, and rock and roll. Hey, hey, hey. The spell you run will be broken by Chris Jericho. And guess what? It's Friday. It's The People's Podcast has arrived. The remedy for boredom is here. Let's go for a ride. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their wig split. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their wig split. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck, break his neck. Beat him up, beat him up, break his neck. Neck. All right. Talk is Jericho coming at you live. I did a little uh, a survey on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho and asked all of you, uh, what was your favorite cowbell song? And uh, a lot of you said the Mark Henry theme. Now, I try and actually use songs that have cowbell in them. People are like, why don't you do For Whom the Bell Tolls or Master Puppets or, you know, Helter Skelter or whatever. You can't do those songs because there's no cowbell in them. So either I make the songs up like Mark Henry uh, or like uh, the Talk is Jericho theme, which I forgot how it goes already. Or I use actual cowbell songs like Don't Fear the Reaper, Working for the Weekend, um, you know, whatever other ones I've done. Mississippi Queen, uh, Think About You, Walk This Way, kind of all those tunes that have cowbell in them. So if you know any more cowbell songs that I haven't done yet, shoot them to me at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter so I can uh, play them for you. Uh, got a big, big day today. Part two of my conversation with Batista's coming up. You know, crazy story. Vince McMahon once fined him 
a huge amount of money for something that we did in a cage match. Uh, you're not going to believe how much money uh, Vince fined him. I'm not going to spoil it for you. We'll tell it to you during the conversation. But that story alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah, I was a part of it. I was there, sitting right there. It's a crazy story. You'll hear Batista's side of it coming up. Uh, so many great stories. You know how humble Dave is and how uh, well-spoken he is. So uh, really excited for part two, as I'm sure you are as well. Also excited because I was telling you on Wednesday about the albums I recently ordered on Amazon using the Talk is Jericho link, of course. I invite you to do the same. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. It's the easiest way to support the show. Amazon gives a small percentage of your purchase back to the show to help us cover production costs and all that other stuff. And I use the link to pick up a few new Rhino Records releases. These are all very fruit special edition reissues. I've been telling you about them the last couple of weeks. I got Deep Purple's Concerto album. This is the band and the album that inspired Metallica and Kiss and Scorpions to perform with symphony orchestras. Very, very amazing. Such a sonically cool uh, sounding record. Deep Purple played with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. One of the best in the world at what they do. Remember? See what I did there? They did it back in 1969 as well. I mean, that is 45 years ago, man. Uh, first rock band to do something like that. Anyways, I picked it up on vinyl. I also got Deep Purple's Made in Japan, one of the best live albums of all time. It's on the lists, all the lists, like Rolling Stone and Lars Ulrich will say that. A lot, a lot of people finally picked it up, and man... What a band. The fact they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, makes me very angry. But uh, you go check out Made in Japan. You'll see the reason why. I picked it up. I got the special edition reissue. I already played you some snippets from songs uh, on that record. Definitely on my top 10 greatest live album list uh, in the short time that I've had it. And I've been telling you how I took a chance on Jethro Tull as well due to the fine folks at Rhino. They just released a really cool special edition 5.1 surround mix of Passion Play. Never was into Tull when I was growing up, but a Passion Play was a number one record for them, so I figured, okay, I'll give it a shot, and guess what? Kicks ass. It's really grown on me. Very, very cool album from a very, very cool band. I'm digging it. Also funny that Jethro Tull won the Grammy for Best Heavy Metal Band in 1989 for Crest of a Knave, and uh, they beat out Metallica. And the next year, Metallica won the Grammy, and Lars's speech was, I just want to thank Jethro Tull for not releasing a record this year. So there you go. That was my experiences with Jethro Tull. Until now, Passion Play. Very, very cool record uh, from Rhino Records reissuing it. I'm going to play a little clip from the record. This is a little ditty called The Foot of Our Stairs. Well, I'll go to the foot of our stairs. Jackrabbit messed up, spawned a new breed. Of love hungry pilgrims, nobody's to feed. Show me a good man, and I'll show you the door. The last hymn is sung, and the devil cries more. Wow. You hear it, right? That's Jethro Tull. Ian Anderson playing rock and roll flute. That rules. That's from their number one record, A Passion Play. Just picked up the special edition version of that that Rhino released. Finally gave Jethro Tull a chance, and I'm glad that I did. So if you're looking for some cool tunes to check out, you can't go wrong 
with either of those records, any of those records. And of course, you get them all at Amazon. If you do use Amazon, please link to it through Talk is Jericho. You know it helps me out. Help me to help you to continue to do this show for you for free twice a week. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts free banner at the top of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. Thanks again for supporting the show, supporting my sponsors. I love hanging out with you guys twice a week, and let's keep the ball rolling, people! All right. I uh, was not on Raw last week, as you can tell. I was off. I had a little vacation and then uh, headed over to Los Angeles to film Code 5, the new web series for Comedy Central, uh, the amazing uh, channel. It's all things fun, all things comedy. Got this gig through, uh, but I'm Chris Jericho. Uh, they found me somehow and offered me this part, which is great, uh, as you heard in part one of uh, my Batista um, extravaganza. I am not good at auditioning. I hate auditioning. But when I'm offered the role, I usually can uh, do my thing and uh, kick some ass on it. And that's what's going on now, getting ready to film it starting uh, this afternoon. The next three days, we're filming six episodes. And it's basically an ipso facto pilot for, for Comedy Central. So fingies crossed. But do not despair, uh, Y2J, WWE fans. I will be back on Raw this Monday for a highlight reel with my longtime rival, Randy Orton. I'll also be at SmackDown in Lincoln, Nebraska. So come on down. Come check me out and uh, let me know what you think of all my cool things. New Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? We are going on tour September 17th with Theory of a Dead Man. I want to point out that uh, we're supporting Theory on all the shows except for September 18th in Abilene at the Lucky Mule with Avatar. Come check us out, all you fine Abilene people. Uh, September 25th in Beckley, West Virginia, returning to Munchies. Love playing Munchies last time. Uh, September 28th, Parkersburg, West Virginia at the Sixpence. That's uh, on the border of Ohio. You know who you are if you live there. Uh, October 1st, Fort Wayne, Indiana at Pierre's. And uh, the return to the Gramercy Theater, New York City, October 5th. So uh, come check us out with Theory of a Dead Man. And if you live in the areas I just told you, come check us out for headlining Fozzie shows. All right. Okay. So I was on Netflix uh, earlier this week looking for... I can't remember what I was looking for. And, and, and Netflix, if you can't find something that you want to watch, one thing leads to another. I ended up uh, checking out Quentin Tarantino. I was trying to watch Two Romance. They didn't have it, so I watched... Uh, Jackie Brown and it made me realize how underrated that movie is in the Tarantino pantheon just a great uh, great cast of characters cool story obviously based on an Elmore Leonard uh, novel called Rum Punch so Tarantino just did an adaptation of the script which means he just kind of rewrote what was already there but just a great cast like Bridget Fonda how hot was she whatever happened to her man Bridget Fonda if you're out there listening which I'm sure you are Papa Jericho wants to say hello and have some hibbity-dibbity, Well, at least some fantasy hibbity-dibbity. Uh, De Niro, I forgot De Niro was in that. Of course, Samuel Jackson, uh, Tarantino's muse for so many of the great dialogue uh, that, that he writes. Um, you know, So I just wanted to kind of go through and find out what Tarantino's doing now and found out he's doing a movie called The Hateful Eight. Now, uh, the teaser is out now. You can go find that on YouTube. But it was leaked, and uh, Tarantino's had a lot of problems with this because earlier this year, the script leaked for Hateful Eight, and Tarantino canceled the project uh, and planned on just working as writing on writing it as a novel instead. 
I guess he, he uh, got out of his hissy fit and then went on a legal tear. All the sites that posted a download of the script, a free download, were sued by Tarantino for a million dollars in statutory and punitive damages. Um, and then he started to make the movie, or he's going to make the movie, and then the trailer came out, and now we're worried that he's going to have another fit and, and, and cancel this um, project as well. But it looks pretty cool. Typical Tarantino. Seven bounty hunters, I guess, are gathered together uh, in a house and to see who lasts. But uh, Samuel Jackson, Bruce Dern, Michael Madsen, Walter Goggins, James Remar, Kurt Russell, all of Tarantino's usual uh, suspects rumored to be involved in this. Apparently, it's going to come out um, December of 2015. Synopsis is The Hateful Eight follows a steadily ratcheting tension that develops after a blizzard diverts a stagecoach from its route and traps a pitiless and mistrustful group, which includes a competing pair of bounty hunters, a renegade Confederate soldier, and a female prisoner in a saloon in the middle of nowhere. So um, that's what Tarantino's working on now, which is cool. Uh, it's been a while since Django came out, but um, let's go through some of uh, his movies. Let's go through all of his movies. Uh, Death Proof with stuntman Mike, Kurt Russell's best character. A little bit verbose and probably the quote-unquote worst of Tarantino's eight movies, but still a great, great uh, piece of filmmaking. Awesome dialogue and some tremendous female cast members in there. Uh, definitely worth checking it out. Um, I can't remember her name. It was Rose McGowan was in there. Lots of, of cool girls. I can't remember what the other girl's name was. Rosario Dawson. That's her name. I knew I knew it. But um, really, really cool movie. A little bit uh, kind of verbose. And like I said, if that's the worst movie in your pantheon, then it's not a bad uh, not a bad movie to, to be boasting. Uh, Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. I like Volume 2 better. Because I think more of the story was answered. Um, I think it moved along better. Uh, part one, though, still pretty cool. Lots of uh, good scenes with the pussy wagon and that whole story there. And just the, the, the slaughter of the crazy 88s. Um, over the top, definitely uh, inspired by the Shaw Brothers, uh, Chinese filmmakers from the late 60s, early 70s. And that's one thing about Tarantino. Very cool. Always great soundtracks and cool little tricks and homages to his heroes of the past. Um I would like to see the entire version. I think it's called The Whole Bloody Mess of Kill Bill 1 and 2 kind of all stitched together from beginning to end. Uh, there was rumors of a Kill Bill 3, but apparently Tarantino is not going to do that. But then again, he wasn't going to do Hateful Eight when that script leaked. So he's probably a pretty secretive guy. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, classic. My old acting coach, uh, Kirk Baltz, played Marvin Nash, the guy whose ear gets cut off. Uh, another great cast with tremendous dialogue. Tim Roth, an early Tarantino favorite. Michael Madsen, uh, Harvey Keitel, another Tarantino favorite. Everybody's seen that one. Just a crazy story there about how... I think it was when Tim Roth turns on everybody, and it's just uh, very well written. We talked about Jackie Brown. I love the fact that they, they all wear those Kangol hats. Like, there's one scene where Jackie Brown's talking to Ordell, Samuel Jackson. He's wearing a Ordell hat. Uh, sorry, he's wearing a, he's wearing a Kangol hat and a Kangol shirt. She's wearing a Kangol hat. It's like, was Kangol was sponsoring this? Too many Kangols. But um, once again, just great acting. Michael Keaton was awesome in that as well. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. I don't know. It could be my favorite Tarantino movie. I mean, you got the, the magical three of Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, and Pulp Fiction. Now, Pulp Fiction was so awesome. I mean, just, what can you say that hasn't been said about that movie? 
tremendous acting, great story, resurrected John Travolta's career, made Samuel Jackson, made Tim Roth, uh, Christopher Walken was great in it, Bruce Willis was amazing in it, so many killer actors, uh, Ving Rhames, and then uh, it kind of set the bar for all future Tarantino movies, which in my opinion wasn't uh, matched until Inglorious Bastards came out, and that's when Christopher Waltz was introduced in the scene, who I think is the best deliverer of that Tarantino dialogue. You know, Samuel Jackson is close, but but, but Waltz just relishes those amazing lines uh, that, that Tarantino writes and just delivers them so amaz- uh, so killer. Uh, Eli Roth, Bear Jew, um, just kicked ass in that. I love the fact that Eli Roth got to kill Hitler. We talked about that on Talk is Jericho when Eli was a guest. Brad Pitt was, was killer in that. Um, and then, of course, Django Unchained, another tremendous movie in the um, uh, Tarantino list of films, Jamie Foxx, but DiCaprio was killer in that. Don Johnson was amazing. Christoph Waltz. You got to see these movies. I mean, if you're a movie buff and you haven't seen Django and Shane and Glorious Bastards and Pulp Fiction, go watch all three of them now and then work your way through all of the Tarantino movies, his dialogue, uh, the way he, he sets up uh, his shots. Uh, so many cool things to talk about with Tarantino. There's a great story about Tarantino in my new book as well. When I went to Eli Roth's house to watch um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly with Tarantino and Eli. And Tarantino was one of those guys that you just want to throw popcorn at in the theater and say, Shut up! Quit making all these uh, you know, ridiculous trivia comments. Uh, these flies were were, were imported from South South Africa and Sergio Leone uh, brought them in because they're bigger flies than what was available in Mexico. It's like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, quiet, Tarantino. But, uh, you know, crazy genius, great movie, Hateful Eight. We will keep you uh, abreast of the situation and we'll keep you abreast of the situation with Batista. He'll be here pretty soon. Looking forward to having him. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Eh, amigas. See? Already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Talk is Jericho. All right, Dave Batista's back for part two here on Talk is Jericho. 
He's had a crazy summer promoting his hit movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, Dave, you took some time off from WWE to promote the film. Are, are you planning on coming back to WWE? I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Uh, there's, you know, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. I, I miss it. I love it. They need to work with me on creative, you know, creative mm-hmm. stuff, man. I, you know, I really want, I'd like to have more creative control, man, because some of the stuff, it's, it's, it's like sometimes they argue with you just to argue with you mm-hmm. when you know this is the route we should be going and we end up going that route anyway, but right. it's usually like three weeks too late. Yes. Um. So I'm going to, you know, I want to go back, but I. You still, uh, you still love the business. I love, love it, man. Yeah. I love it. And I, this is. I always tell people I'd rather do, I'd take a house show any day over a TV show. Mm-hmm. I love house shows, man, because you just you just go out there, you do your thing, man. You interact with people, and you get to take your time. You don't have to worry about commercial breaks or somebody in the ref's mm-hmm. ear telling you to, you know, to yeah, go home, <laughs> to go home ten minutes early. And that's uh, I, I appreciate about about you, mm-hmm. and and I do the same thing when I come back. Mm-hmm. When you come back, we're back, right? You know, like yeah. I, I just came back from Australia right, days right. ago, and yeah. and I think it was Cesaro. Something. Like, so happy that you came on the tour. It's like, yeah. well, yeah. Why wouldn't Why, I? Because that's, that's a lot of guys, it, but a lot of guys don't. I don't get that. You, you know, know? And I've heard, I and heard, you know? and I won't mention those guys. But yeah. when I hear the guys who say they'll only do one TV show a week, they're not going to do house shows. They're not going to try. I just don't get help. that, man. It doesn't help anybody. Yeah, and it I don't get help. it because that's the good stuff. Yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, you go on a on a WWE tour overseas. Mm-hmm. That's when the one time <laughs> when it is like being yeah. in a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Everything's taken care of and the catering yeah, is right, there right. and you get picked up and dropped off. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's like the, the dessert. That's the rock star experience. Yeah, man. exactly. You that's know? where you have some fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um but let's talk about you know, the, the before you left and, and, and I mean you came in the business, you know, probably maybe ten, twelve years ago. Yeah. But you started fairly late. I started real late. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I think you're probably early yeah. 30s. Oh, right? I was, but by the time I made it to TV, I think I was. Uh, I may have been 33. In wrestling terms, that's, that's like, like ancient, oh, that's so... <laughs> you know? At that point, like I'd been doing it for 14 years. At that point, <laughs> ancient. <laughs> oh wow! It's like I should terms. walk in in a, like a mummy garb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh man, the mummy. Yeah. So how did, but how did you, uh, what made you decide to finally get into the business? Um, yeah, I got in for all the wrong reasons. You know, all the wrong reasons. Yeah, well, no, I always tell people because I got in originally, my, and it's not a very glamorous answer, but originally I got in to make some money. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know much about a pro wrestling. I was a fan in the early 80s. I was a fan of the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything about it. You know, I, I wasn't a hardcore fan. I was, you know, when, uh, I, <laughs> We we talked about this. You know, I loved you in w- WCW yeah, just because yeah. you were just so just quirky, an man. <laughs> moron. But I, I loved it. it. It was so entertaining. But I so yeah. So I got in it because I I was broke, man. I was you know uh, closing in on thirty. I had two kids, and I was mm-hmm. still bouncing for you know hundred bucks a night or whatever. You start realizing, yeah, this ain't. Cool. I man, I don't have any insurance. I you know my kids get sick. What the hell am I going to do? I, you know, I had nothing. Right. Um. So yeah, that was a and that was you know. The original reason I got into it, I started to pursue it, and I went uh, and had this awful trial with the WCW, and they ran me out the door and really? <laughs> told me to never come back. Where, where did you go? Power plant. I didn't know that. Yeah, I went down the power plant. You just and, showed up? No, they were having open tryouts. Okay. You know, you go and pay your, I think it was like 300 bucks, mm-hmm. which to me at the time was a lot of money. So I, you know, you never yeah, I went back. down, yeah, it was Sarge, man, it ran me, ran me off. It was like the first day. <laughs> And I you went know, down there, I was like 340 pounds, I was all jacked up, went down with a buddy of mine, and he jumped right in our faces, man, and just got on us, man. He wanted nothing more than to run us out the door. I just uh, had Chael Sonnen on my show, and he yeah. had a WCW tryout, too, and same thing, oh, so I just ran him out the door. Get really? The hell out of, yeah, get out of here. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew I, he was a huge fan, but. 
Same thing as you. It's funny because Sarge seems like he made some bad decisions yeah. in both those cases. Yeah. I was wondering, you know, how his career ended up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wondering what he's doing now, was, asking, yeah. you, know, you want fries with that? He was just kind of a bitter little troll. <laughs> bitter Actually little played troll one, I think. He was, the, he was the original leprechaun, I think. Yeah. yeah, he was not a, a very happy person, I'll no, tell you that much. No. And, uh, so, so, so you get kicked out of there, and, yeah. then, and then what happens after that? And then so, uh, you know, uh, I was... I was bummed out for a few days and heartbroken. And uh, my buddy of mine, you, you know, Jonathan mm-hmm. Meisner, who's my best friend in the world, mm-hmm. uh, started making some calls for me. And he ended up, uh, he made some calls to the w, WWE, still WWF at the time. And they weren't having tryouts or anything, but they sent me to Alpha. They said, well, you, you might want to try this place out. And it was, no it was Alpha, the Wild Samoan. And, uh, and we drove up there and talked to Alpha, and, and he was yeah, right off the bat. I didn't know that. I forgot that you had trained with Yeah, him. so I broke in with Alpha. So many guys now too with the Usos and, uh, mm-hmm. and Roman, yeah. all related to yeah. Alpha. Yeah, you know, it seems like all every Samoan guy is related one way or another. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're all good. That's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it really they your just, cousin? They you just met that? yesterday. Yeah, That's my exactly. <laughs> somewhere, somehow, there's yeah, a relation there. somewhere. <laughs> so, so, what led you to to WWE? Because um, things were different. Yeah. There wasn't an NXT back then. Or no. So was, then I, I, you know, I trained with Alpha for about a year in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually the one who worked out a tryout for me to go out in the company. And mm-hmm. and I went uh, and uh, I, I went up there and got in the, the ring with Dr. Tom for a little bit. And <laughs> and Bruce called me the next day. He said, uh, you know, we'd like to offer you a contract. And I was like, wow, uh, wow, man, I got you know, to figure this out and talk. I was you know, married at the time. Mm-hmm. Talked to my wife. He goes, well, there's nothing really to talk about. This is the offer. <laughs> and uh, let us know by tomorrow if you want it or not. So it was it was uh, an offer for like 600 bucks a week. Right. Um, yeah, to go to. And an opportunity. To, yeah, and an opportunity. You foot in the door and to go to Memphis and wrestling. And literally, like, I think like three days before we were supposed to go to Memphis, they said, well, uh, we're actually going to need you to go to Louisville. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, you yeah, know, we went to, uh, went to Louisville, packed up our stuff and. And just to show the difference, too, Sarge ran you out, and Dr. Tom worked with you and got yeah. you a contract. And that, you know, Dr. Yeah. Tom is one of the most underrated guys as yeah. far as finding talent and being yeah. just a tremendous worker. You know? And you know what we did, man? We went up there, we locked up, and we, you know, we rolled around the ring a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, never even hit the mat. Never even hit the mat. He just wanted to see if I had a little bit of athletic ability. Just wanted to see what you were yeah. doing, yeah. And that was it, man. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a lot of money, but like you said, man, it was an opportunity. The opportunity, yeah. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big word in the company. It is. The hey, back in the old days, before there was guaranteed contracts, mm-hmm. that's all you got was an opportunity. Yeah. You'd get a contract for, I think it was like for... 10 guaranteed yeah. TV tapings at like right, 200 right. bucks a shot. Right. There you go. Here's Two grand guaranteed. Man. Yeah. Take it. Take it and run. <laughs> I remember when you first came into the WWE, you were <laughs> Deacon Batista. <laughs> yeah. Reverend Devon, right? <laughs> yeah. The best part of all was, I remember, I remember like, oh my God, look at that guy. He's a big guy. And they had you in a full suit. Dude, yeah. And you would hold Devon's yeah. Money oh, so ridiculous. case or whatever yeah. it was, money it was, money yeah, tray, like a money box, money yeah, box. So ridiculous. And then they finally, yeah, they, they, they covered up your entire body with. Yeah, the it was. Well, yeah, I think you know. There's a reason they did that, but I, at the time, it was. They told me to get this. They go out and get a suit, and we literally spent all. I mean, we dug up our money and scrounged together money to go out and buy the suit. Oh yeah. And I show up with it, like you know, I'm like a happy kid. Show up with my suit, and they start cutting it up, and I was like. <laughs> But that suit, it cost me 500 bucks. It's all I got. <laughs> it, was, it was literally, it was all I got. I was literally broke. I was broken borrowing money until I, I won my first heavyweight title in 2005. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Nah, I wasn't making any money, man. Because, Dave, that was probably 
2002 or three when you debuted as Deacon Batista, yeah. right? May, May of 2002. Three years? Yeah, I was struggling, man. Yeah, she wasn't making wow. money. See, there's there's another, you know, kind of the real behind the scenes of right. people that would think, oh, you're in the WWE, you must be, yeah. you know, making huge money. But that's right. not the case. No. A lot of expenses. A lot of expenses. I had a really low guarantee, and I was, until then, I was pretty much a guy who was, you know, walking and carrying a box. Yeah, I was. <laughs> was it that long you were the box carrier? I was a well, box carrier for a while. I was box carrier until, well, actually 2000, uh, sometime in 2003 when they decided to form Evolution. And then not long after that, I was injured and I was out for a while. Right. And my guarantee was really, really low. So I was actually, I, I came back to work owing the company money. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy night. You got injured. Didn't you and Randy get injured the same, same day, match, yeah. same match? Yeah. I blew out my and... tricep and he broke his foot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are the what And are then the Bubba yelled at us. <laughs> he <laughs> he yelled at us because he had, he like strained his back or something and he yelled at, he was pissed at us. You rookies? We're sitting, I'm sitting there, my arms dangling. <laughs> Randy can't walk. He's getting stretched off in an ambulance and, and Bubba's yelling at us. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. But so yeah, you were out for a while on that one. Yeah, I was out for um, for a while. So I actually tore my tricep and retore it. <laughs> wow, that's right. Because remember, yeah. you came and saw us at a Fozzie show we did like in, in, right, in right, Springfield, right. Virginia. Because you live in <laughs> right, Washington, yeah, yeah. weren't you out like running or something? And you yeah, fell I was. You know, I was all gung ho about getting back in shape, and so I was used to do these wind sprints where I would sprint, uh, you know, thirty yeah, thirty yards and yeah, and come back and walk back and sprint them again. And I literally just slipped, and I landed and caught myself on my arm, and it went pop. That's it didn't worst, hurt or anything, right? and I was like, but I knew. I mean, it just the uh, the screw had just popped right back out, man. So they just had to go in and reinsert it. Oh man, yeah. How do you tell Vince McMahon that? Yeah, it was. It was. I thought for sure I was fired, man. I was. Thought, I thought for sure because that point in time, you really hadn't established yeah, yourself. At Not all. at all. I wasn't established, and I was still pretty rotten. Yeah. <laughs> I was still pretty But right. one of the reasons I think that's why they, they formed Evolution in the first yeah. place was for you and Randy specifically yeah. to, to learn. Yeah. How did they approach you and tell you about that? Um, it was weird, man, because me and Randy, you know, we heard about it. We talked to, we only talked to each other about it. <laughs> you know, we got all excited, but otherwise we just say, yeah, we didn't, you know, we're too cool for school. I don't know, man. If it happens, it happens. But we were all <laughs> like little crazy kids. crazy Randy at the time. He was yeah, so nuts I know, back then. So, oh, my gosh, so amped up. Yeah. Always yelling and freaking yeah, out, so temper all, tantrums. Because yeah, people, people, you know, Randy's, he's changed a lot, but people don't see how much he's saying they still, you know, see, because he's still a little bit, you know, yeah. little rough around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you knew Randy 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I almost yeah, got to fight with him see. three or four times. <laughs> on, on his end. four times. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, you know, that's just who he is, man. I've, I've known, I've yeah. never known him to be any, I accept him for who he is. He's just a hothead and that's just who he is. But, right, right, right. Yeah, so we were all amped up about it and, but uh, yeah, Hunter finally came up and, and talked to us about it and mm-hmm. and he kind of warned us ahead of time, you know, you guys are going to get a lot of heat for this, you're going to think you're sucking up to us and he was like, uh, are you here to make friends? Are you here to make money? You know, the typical Triple H speech. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did he think you guys were going to get heat for it? I think just because it, I think he knew that it was going to put us right in the spotlight, mm-hmm. um, and it was really kind of off riding, you know, their coattails, Rick and, right. and Hunter. So I think that was it. But he just kind of just kind of gave us, you know. Yeah, so what did you learn from working with those guys? I mean, because the thing is, no, one more question yeah. too: Was Jindrak originally involved in that as well? He was actually. They were considering him replacing me when I was out injured. Oh, and uh, and I think that was, you know it was Hunter again, who's just he didn't want you know he wanted it to be the four of us. He was pretty adamant about it, mm-hmm. and uh, and he fought for us because they first thing you know I get injured because Randy was back before I was, and they mm-hmm. 
wanted that fourth member, and they were, you know, that's who they were talking around. They wanted to replace me with Ginger. Hmm. Yeah, it's just weird now when you think about Thinking it. Thinking about it, yeah, in retrospect, huh? Yeah. But I mean, like I said, I mean, the, the way that, I mean, let's be honest, the way that you looked, I mean, you had this amazing I look. Was, yeah, I was, the, I was the muscle. Well, the muscle, but yeah. also, too, I mean, just like uh, the fact, you, are you half Filipino, half? Yeah, half England? Filipino, half Greek. I mean, half yeah. Greeks. I mean, yeah. you got this real exotic look. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember, I don't know why I know this. I'm not sure. I was always snooping around back then, but I think because <laughs> they were thinking about what, what to call you, right. and Vince loved Batista. Yeah. yeah. He, I love that name, Batista, because yeah. that was back when everyone was getting different names. Do you know when the um, the first time that I ever came out with Devon, mm-hmm. and he you know introduced me to everybody, um, but he said my name wrong. He had to go back up and dub it. <laughs> he do a voice show. He called call me like Bastida or something like that. He couldn't pronounce my name. It's Bastida. Deacon Bastida. You're lucky that you can keep it as that. I know. Vince, you said it wrong. No, I didn't. It's Bastida. right. I changed it. <laughs> yeah, but oh, do you remember? I don't know if you ever heard this, but the original uh, storyline. You know when I. When Rick, uh, you know, came up and started, I was always angry. I was that was my gimmick. I was angry. I was pissed off about everything. Nobody yeah. ever knew what. And Rick started, you know, to take me under his, his wing. But the original idea for that storyline was supposed to be that I was always pissed off because I was, I was a rape child. What? <laughs> I was, a, I was a rape child. My mother was raped. I was, you know, a rape child without a father, and I was just hateful of everybody. Oh, wow. Yeah. That uh, that shows you how much the company's changed. Well, sure, exactly right. I think that was probably around the same time we were doing the nymphomania or uh, the what's it called when you necrophilia. Oh right, remember right. that yeah, necrophilia? Right. Kane had screwed right. a, or oh, whatever Jesus. it was. It screwed a dead was girl. Was it Vicky? What was yeah, the yeah, name Vic, of it? Katie Vick. Katie Vick. Right. Katie Vick. So yeah, so we had Kane, oh, the necrophiliac, and Batista, the, the rape, rape child. child. Yeah. Uh, actually, also known as a bastard. Right. Which, right. When, when yeah, I, the bastard rape. When, when I worked with Punk uh, a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, we were doing this thing where I was, you know, I was saying that Punk's dad was an alcoholic and right. Punk's mother was a drug addict right. and all this stuff. And Vince told me to call Punk, and then I want you to call him a bastard. <laughs> and I was like, "Why?" He goes, "That's a bastard. It can't get any worse than being called a bastard." <laughs> like, and he gets all, he says it all deep. A bastard. You call him a bastard. Nothing more than a bastard. Nothing more than a bastard it's so into it yeah, it's yeah. so bad it's like yeah it's so cheesy worst insult ever right? yeah you always know like when you get you, you get handed a promo you always know the vince lines oh and he yeah. always is very adamant about getting those lines he wants you really now vince really wants this in there so. yeah it's like you know i'll tell you i'm gonna change all this well don't change this line and this line and he's, he's like because you denigrated lines? the you know it's like denigrated who uses that word it's a vince word <laughs> okay <laughs> You denigrated the flag, Batista, or whatever. So. <laughs> At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Talk is Jericho. Man, so we're here uh, sitting with my old bud, yeah. Dave, man. So, so Evolution, obviously, was, was a huge break for you. And you got yeah. to learn from two of the best ever in Triple yeah. H and in Ric Flair. Yeah. 
Um, and that's when you really started coming into your own. Right, right. And then, yeah, and it was really just, uh, and that was that's exactly what it was. It was, it was you know, after the show, man, we'd ride down the road and I would pick their brain. I'd be that annoying guy in the back asking question after question after question after question. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was really all based around the psychology of wrestling. Mm. You know, because I mean, everybody's aware that I'm, I'm not the best wrestler. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. But I just started to pick up a, a sense of, of the crowd and what they wanted and when they wanted it. You know, it's kind of the When you started, stuff. you might not have been the best wrestler, but yeah. I had, I always remember having great no, matches. No, we had great really matches, but they really always, I was just never, you know, I was never the most, you know, physically talented mm-hmm. guy, but I just it really started to pick up on, and that was more of what I was interested in was the psychology of wrestling. You know, what made the, sense. And the character. Yeah, character. You're storytelling, always, yeah, man. Yeah, right. And that's the true essence and secret of being yeah. a, a, being a big time, yeah. big guy, big a main event wrestler, Absolutely. main event performer. Absolutely. Moves are great, right? but they're secondary to Absolutely. charisma and, and psychology. Yeah, absolutely. And some people, don't, you know, some people don't get that, and maybe some people won't agree. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's what it is. That's the art of professional Well, we're wrestling. world that's champions I, with probably a dozen world championships, so that's we're a, right and they're wrong. When I get, you know, <laughs> when I get grief from, you know, s- certain smarks, they're just mm-hmm. so negative about everything. It's like, I've worked with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and they've all respected me, but because you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm the shits, and then, <laughs> <laughs> your opinion is supposed to matter to me? Yeah. You know? Come on, man. So what did, uh, when you guys broke up with Evolution, I mean, was the first real kind of big, big thing is when you and Triple H headlined WrestleMania? That was 05, I think, right? Yeah. I mean, that was but, pretty I mean, big. You know, there was stuff leading up to that. You know, mm-hmm. there was, you know, I, I, I had good runs with you. I had good mm-hmm. runs with Sean. I mean, there was stuff leading up to that. But that was what really set me on my own as a, you know, as a, a single That was performer. actually a big drawing. Yeah, and it was. And, that was, And that was another thing, man. It was, I got to give credit to Hunter for that because mm-hmm. he thought that all out. And, you know, right after we had the first thing where we teased us turning on each other, like Vince, Vince wanted us having a match the next week, mm-hmm. and Hunter just fought and fought and fought for us not to have a match until we got to Mania. Mm-hmm. They wanted to build it and build it and build and it. That really. was a three, four month long. Yeah, thing. it was a, a real old school long buildup, and mm-hmm. it just worked, man. Everybody got sucked into it and kind of got emotionally invested in it. And drew really well. It drew really well, man. We did good numbers, good, real good business. Hunter used to get a lot of a lot of flack and grief mm-hmm. back in those days, yeah, because he was just starting to. Not take over WWE, but mm. you could see where it was going. He was married right. to Stephanie. You never right. thought Vince was in his back pocket, which is not right. the case. I think Vince right. is probably more hard on him than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But he always was, you know, he he did what was best. Yeah. You know, he was, was even after business. they got married, um, I still remember him and Vince going back and forth and disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't by any means uh, true that Vince, Vince Same was thing in now. his back pocket. I think you're yeah. right. I think a lot of times, you know, you know how Vince is, man. Vince is, you know. He, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he'll disagree with you just to prove that he. Right, can, right, he, right, right. He's got the last word. Well, I, here's this is a crazy story. What was dealing with Vince and uh, you and I it happened here in Tampa. Uh, we. Oh uh, God! The, the, how crazy was that? <laughs> yeah. This is this is. You uh, want to tell the story? Let's tell it. <laughs> let's tell it. I wrote about it in my book, so yeah. people are going to hear about it pretty yeah. soon, anyways. But so we're in Tampa right. and. Uh, the idea was I was the world champ. I had a lot of heat mm. I, like, with the fans, like mm. as a big heel. Right. And we did the, what was it called, Taboo Tuesday or uh, Cyber Sunday. Yeah. And the idea was that, that the fans would pick the referee. Right. And Vince said to me, listen, we want to put Dave over mm. because we want people to know that when they invest in this pay-per-view right. that their right. opinion counts. Right. 
but you'll win it back. We'll give it right back to you. The next week in Tampa, right, right, in the right, cage match. Right, so right. we get to the Tampa for the cage match. <laughs> right. And which was, we had a great match. Yeah, we did. It was a great win. I was, you know, uh, of course, you know, you were going over, and, you know, we knew how you were going over with him. And I just thought, you know, this was a point where we weren't we weren't shedding blood anymore. Yeah. You know, it was, no, we're PG. <laughs> and I just didn't want to hear that because it made no sense to me, especially when there's a title match involved. And yes. I was just still, you know, it was still instilled in me that when you get hit over the head with a metal pipe, you know, you bleed. Because <laughs> we were in a cage, too. When we were in a cage, yeah. it was like, you know, this is, it just made sense. And so I decided. Yeah, the finish was that I was I had some kind of a brass knuckle or a pipe on yeah, top of the cage. Yeah, it was a pipe cage, that you reached off the top of the cage and you were going to powerbomb me off the top rope, but I but grabbed the pipe me, and right. hit you with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so I ended up, you know, I, I did what I thought was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I shed a little blood for, for, for business and. Uh, of course, I got hard weighed <laughs> as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we tried to we tried to mask it over yeah. So I'm just kind of bleeding all over the place. <laughs> but yeah, so we. <laughs> but let me say let me yeah. say this though: it was a really good match. It was a great it was match, a man. Good, good, it was good a great cage match. match. I remember there's some great stuff in there. It was. I can't believe that we had to deal with grief over that, man. We did. Right. You know, what kills me too is you know I got, of course, you got the big fine. Well, let, 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 let's slow down a bit. So okay. So, <laughs> We come back through the curtain, and we've had this great cage match. And mm-hmm. it was like you said, I, I, as the heel beat Batista for the title. Right. Come back through the curtain, and then there's a lot of yelling and screaming going on. It's very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable <laughs> because Dave had, had had you know there was some blood involved. So Vince said, uh, "I'm not going to talk about this with any of you guys. Right. I'll see you next week, and I'll decide <laughs> what your punishment is." No, I called him on the way home, uh-huh. and I called him. He's so you weren't like, very nice about your, your phone call, were you? Well, I was like, listen, Vince, you know, I'll take responsibility for it, but right. this match was great. Like, right, I'm right, the right. vet, and he's like, shut up, yeah. F off, I don't want to talk to right. you, I'll talk to you next week, go F yourself. And, but <laughs> the call was 18 seconds long. <laughs> that was it, boom. So we have a whole European tour. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we got to worry about what's going to happen on right. Monday. Oh, man. So yeah. do you remember Monday? We, TV finishes, yeah, and they lead man. us into in an office. office. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah, so they've got this monitor set up in front of a mirror, <laughs> and we're sitting down like <laughs> three kids in trouble with Vince pacing behind us. Yes. He has like a toothpick in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> Is it me, Dave, uh, Dean, who was, Dean Malenko, who was the yeah. producer of the match, and Mike Kyoto, who was the ref, and, yeah, and Johnny Ace, the was, Ace was in there, right? Yeah, so Vince is pacing back like the detective and we're <laughs> <laughs> being interrogated. Yeah. And then they start playing the playbacks in slow motion with the highlights, like it's a space, like the, 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 the alien. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, like, like real UFOs. Here's right. the UFO, and they show the little white circle uh-huh. in, the, in the right corner where you're supposed to look to see where the UFO is in the sky. Right. That's what they had around oh, Batista's man. hand and Batista's forehead. And, slow motion. Yeah, slow like, motion. We know what we did. <laughs> We know what we did. What's what? What's the consequences? Do you remember there was a camera angle from like the back of the arena that uh-huh. I've never seen before? No, where did that camera? It was come like from? a secret. Like that. That's why like it you was never, Big Brother. It was the Big Brother camera. It was. Yeah. You never pick your nose in the arena because no. someone's always filming. <laughs> right. So yeah, they 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 they, they like like Dave just said. Over and over again, slow motion. Here it is, one way, and here it is another way, and here it is another way, and it's like, like you said, we get it. There's blood involved. 
We did it. Uh, now, you had told me earlier in the day that, that I'm going to get some blood, get some color. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, listen, man, you know, whatever you want to do, right, right. just, you know, whatever. Right. And I didn't really get much more into it than right, that. Right. So I kind of knew, but didn't right. really know. Yeah, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't have fallen on you. And it was kind of, you know, it was my choice and it was me kind of being rebellious. Mm-hmm. I knew we weren't supposed to do it, but to me, I was just... It just felt like the right thing to do, and I, I was really kind of a little bitter about the way the direction mm-hmm. we were going with the company. I wasn't on, I wasn't on board. I right. wasn't a part of the program, and so I was being a little rebellious. And I knew I would get consequences, but I thought I would get the consequences, mm-hmm. and uh, and I didn't think they would be as harsh as they were. <laughs> so, yeah, so Vince is there, and he's like, I could fire you, but yeah. that uh, would be too easy. <laughs> yeah, right. He said, yep. tell him what he said. And he starts passing out fines. And uh, I think, did he give you guys first? No, you were first. Or was I first? Uh, so my fine was $100,000. <laughs> I will never forget that. I will said, never, my heart dropped, man, because I thought it was going to be like twenty five grand. I thought that was going to be like a harsh, like, and I knew it was going to sting. And when he said hundred grand, I was just heartbroken. <laughs> I literally think that he sucked the life out of me that day. That's when really? I felt. I th- I think that's the day that I knew I was you know this things were never going to be the same. Wow, yeah, interesting. Just, We've never really talked about this. No, before. it just it really because I felt like I did the right thing, mm-hmm. and I felt like I did what was good for the I I didn't I did the right thing. I did what, you know it was good business. Mm-hmm. It was what it was. This was the stuff that was instilled in us that we were supposed to do. This is what makes our business special. This what makes us a, you know a brotherhood. We do this for mm-hmm. for our company. We do this for our fans. And he just literally sucked the life out of me by punishing me for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it just it broke my heart. It broke my heart. Yeah, I, I like I said, that's we've never talked about this, and yeah. that that really, I couldn't believe when he said that. Yeah, I couldn't. A hundred grand, and and I honestly, from my perspective, he came to me next, and it was like the angel of death, like in Jericho, because right. he said, and none of you right. even called me, and I was like. I called you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> He's like, well, not even call me, but you. And so when he was handed those fines, I think I would have, I don't know if I would have got yeah. the hundred, but right. I think I would have got, yeah. but he ended up, he's like, yeah. and you five yeah. grand. Right. And I remember I almost started yeah. laughing like yeah. five grand. He's like, what are you smiling? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> and he fined Dean yeah. five grand, yeah. Yeah. which, you know, those guys will make a lot of money. That hurt, man. Hurt Dean. And then Kyoto five grand too. Yeah. And like I said, man, I will, I will say this. As man to man, gained so much respect for that day because you paid everybody's fines. Yeah, but you know all of ours. What really broke yeah. my heart is 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 Dean because he yeah. was the one guy he didn't he knew nothing, nothing. about he it. He literally knew nothing. He about knew it. nothing about it, man. He's and it just. Yeah. And Vince was on his case like you should have yeah. known. You should know about these guys. Yeah. Like, how how would he know? It's uh, that really sucked. That really hurt, man. Because mm-hmm. Dean's a good dude, man. He Great did, guy. He yeah. didn't. He didn't deserve. And he that. didn't know. He didn't had no idea, man. He got punished and. I felt like I stabbed him in the back, and he, he didn't deserve mm-hmm. it. it. Just it really sucked, man. And, and like I said, that's probably the biggest fine I've ever heard of in my life. It was so ridiculous, man. And it was to prove a point. And mm-hmm. It was just it, it really did. It broke my heart, man, because I just felt like that was I do I did what was right, man. I got mm-hmm. punished for it, and I just that's and that what hurts I, too. I mean, I don't care if you're Donald Trump. A hundred yeah. grand is that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. You know, I don't know, man. Just, so, and that was kind of the the, the thing that that at least was the rumor or maybe you had even said it was right. when you started winding down. Cause I think that was in about 2009 and you left yeah. in 10. Yeah. And one of the reasons why you left was because the, the PG 13 or PG yeah, direction. I just, I just, it just felt like they went against everything that our business was, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I really felt like, 
they were just killing our business, man. They like killing the like the art form of it, which was what, what I way? loved about it. Well, you know, I mean, just things like that. They, you know, they were going to start doing things that just didn't make sense. Like, you right. know, it just that was just something that that we did, man. That was something we you know we kind of mm-hmm. bled. You know, mm-hmm. this was one of those things. In that, certain situations, in certain are very you know, especially like this like when there's the a drama. title involved yes. and there's a cage match involved. Yeah, I mean, it's just it makes things it makes hard harder for people to to really get sucked into it too. Mm-hmm. They were taking us taking our tools away. Mm-hmm. They were taking our you know our form away. We're just they're robbing us, robbing us of our tools. Of you know, this is how we made a living. This is what made us so close. This mm-hmm. is what made, this was the our, our this these were our little secrets. You know, yeah. this, uh, this is what made made us special. This is what made fans respect us. Because I, I I I still say this when I think the guys today they're never going to have the same respect because we went to war. Mm-hmm. We went to war and we bled for our fans and we you know we did all this and that and it was harsh. We brutalized ourselves. You know, to entertain them, mm-hmm. and they respected us for that. The guys nowadays, even if they're willing to do it, they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't go to war like we did. I mean, Interesting. Yeah. So I don't think they will, the respect factor will ever be there. It won't be the same. Hmm. I don't think so. Did you find? Uh, how did you find when you finally did come back after four years? Uh, you know, you know, like I said, it was it was weird uh, at first, but I, you know, really because. The crowd was just so strange, man. I just mm-hmm. didn't get like some of the random chants, and they just started r- chanting random stuff in the middle of matches for no reason. Like, like they what? weren't even, like, uh, like yes, or like they saw you know in the middle of yeah, CM Punk for and you know a match that even after he left the company, we'd be out there having a match, or even not even just my match, other matches. CM Punk, mm-hmm. CM, like why? <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Right. You know why? I get to, get that they miss him, but why are you chanting his name now? You know, did, did you feel, as far as like you know, the old PG thirteen or PG rules now? Mm-hmm. Did you have any time where you felt handcuffed by that? Um, yes, I mean somewhat, not, not so much though. I mean, I actually, you know, it was even, even a couple times when I asked Vince if we, if I could do this or that, and and surprisingly, he said yes. Mm-hmm. Really, like just simple things like nut shots. Can we, can we, can we, wow, because those are pretty taboo. Still. Yeah, no, there's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any way we can get away with a nut shot? Yeah, I think it fits the situation. Like, wow! I just ran. I'd leave Gorilla. I'd just run out, <laughs> you know, before, before he had time to think mind. about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a couple of things. He, you know, he he let us get away with, and I was actually mm-hmm. surprised. Of course, you know, there's no blood involved anywhere. But right, I never was never really in that match where it was it necessitated blood. You know? Yeah, and these are even little things too, like you know, heel tactics, like using the ref or yeah. you know, yeah. pushing the ref into the ropes so the yeah. guy falls on the top rope. Like yeah. that stuff is all yeah. gone too. Yeah, you know, they, they say it's hard to be a heel now, right? Because you can't use a lot of those tools that yeah. we used to use all the time. Yeah. You know, so so it is what it is. I mean, I guess you know, I, I didn't I didn't notice it that much, but I kind of you know. Mm-hmm. I, I always I reached for you know the golden ring. I always you know wanted to see what I could get away with. Man, <laughs> yeah. if I can get away with, it, I will. If I can bring something back. Well, and you also have a little bit of leeway because you have proved yourself. And in this day and age in WWE, there's a lot of guys that that haven't. Yeah, and that's why they love having yeah. Batista back or Jericho back or Brock or whoever. Yeah, because there's not a lot of guys that really can do that. Yeah, another you know what I noticed uh, as well is there's not a lot of guys there who question what they're being right. asked to do. They don't say, well, this doesn't make sense. That's they don't right. go and talk to Vince. They don't you know, talk to the agent and say, I don't like this, man. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel, yeah. doesn't feel right. And questioning is not a bad thing. Not at all. It's not. doesn't make you a jerk to, no. to do that. It's no, funny you should, man. You should participate. You know, this is your yeah. character. You have to be protective. 
be protective of your character, of your storyline. Mm-hmm. That is what's, I'll never forget Shawn Michaels saying, this is what's most important to me. My match, my storyline. Yeah. <laughs> my match, my storyline. What everybody else is doing is their yeah. business. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's important to me. That's a great, that's a great yeah, point. You know? Absolutely. You know, it is cool that you came back, and it is cool that you still love the business. Yeah. What do you think, uh, so you mentioned you might want to come back in the future. Yeah. What do you have coming up as far as, are you doing another movie? What else is going on? What do, um, it's weird, man, because uh, I'm starting to get, the doors are opened I'm up sure a little now. bit. Yeah, and uh, so we'll see. But I'm definitely going to do a remake of Kickboxer, which, you know, you're a fan of 80s movies. Absolutely, <laughs> the Van Damme. So we're going to remake that right now. Um, the script is not suitable for a remake, so mm-hmm. they're working on. They're trying to revamp the script, so it's been pushed back. But we are going to do that. When you say we are going to do, is this something that you've spearheaded? No, no, okay. no. Um, I actually, it's the same producers from Riddick, mm. and this is like one of the this is one of the first roles I've gotten offered to me. I didn't have to go on audition. Wow. They were familiar with me from Riddick. I auditioned for Riddick, mm. um, so they offered me the role. I playing the updated Tong Po. Nice. Um, Who's going to be the the hero? There's uh, oh man, there his name is Alan. Musawi, I believe, is how you pronounce it. Now, okay. He's not, uh, and I, man, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name, but he's not a huge name. Mm-hmm. But um, they really believe that he's going to be a, a big action star in the future. So, yeah, uh, cool. but there's a few like Tony Jaa is going to be in it, which mm-hmm. you know he's well established. GSP George St. Pierre is going to mm-hmm. be in it. Um, it. It's got a solid cast, man. It's uh, they're not going to do it on a super high budget, but I'm kind of just looking for it. It's just you know yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of that stuff, Fun so I'm kind of right? excited about it. But the yeah. script right now just. Because you know, you know, the stuff that worked back then is you know, in this yes. day and age, it's not, it's just not going to work. It's just going to be too hokey cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to, you know, to bring this, the script up to date. But, right but now, you got a lot of stuff. I can see the doors opening because, like we said, being in one of the biggest movies of the summer and having a great part, great yeah, character. Yeah. Uh, two final questions. One, what's your favorite match that you ever had? If you had to choose one, I actually had. Man, it's it's heartbreaking to me because you know nobody's gonna see it other than the people who were there. But I had a match, and you'll you'll appreciate this. But I got to work Rey Mysterio as a heel uh, in Mexico. Oh wow! <laughs> but it was on a house show. Yeah. But we just pulled out all the stops, man. <laughs> I mean, Ray kicked out of the bomb, and, and and at that time there was you know nobody had, but we just wanted to pull it out and just you know give the fans you know because Ray's their hero. Yeah. And I it was my one and only opportunity to work with him as a heel. In Mexico, and I begged for the match because it wasn't on the card. Mm-hmm. I called I, I called Ace, please, please, please let me work because I was, you know, I was going to be leaving the company soon. I really wanted this. I wanted this as a part of my career because I, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise I wouldn't have had it. But by far, it was it was probably the best match of my career. And such a great yeah. performer, Mysterio. Yeah, he was such an yeah. amazing, amazing. It was it was it was an, kind of an emotional thing too because I came back and it was at that time there was still there was a lot of guys coming on younger guys coming on board. Yeah. And Taker was very emotional about the match mm-hmm. and put it over. Really? Put put over the fact that I wanted Ray to be their hero. Ray was their hero, yeah. and I wanted to make sure that they got their hero. Right. And put over the fact that I went out there. We went out there and gave them a pay-per-view match, and I put Ray over uh, in a big way. Yeah, clean. And, yeah. yeah, and Taker was really emotional about it, too, which made me very emotional about it, which made the whole thing kind of special. Yeah, more well, I mean, special. that's that's the fun. he appreciated he's, that. You know? he's, he's the most respected guy Absolutely. in history. You yeah. worked with him at a mania, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How was that? Yeah, by far, yeah. That was actually, that was when I really felt, felt like I came into my own. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I had done stuff up to then, had big moments, big matches, but that was the match that really kind of, I just felt like I could stand on my own. This is when I could, that match 
led me to making other guys look good. You know, when you you're get that point where mm-hmm. you can make other guys look good, when you can build, you're a big enough star now that you can build other guys. Yeah. I mean, that's when I felt like I finally earned that. You know, in that show, yeah, yeah, well, and and that and that when you do that, the the taker match at WrestleMania, yeah. it's a special it's the thing, main man. event. You yeah, know? it's a it special really thing. Yeah, yeah, I was telling him because we uh, <laughs> there was a little bit of you know grief about you know last WrestleMania and, and stuff, and I I was like, it, it doesn't matter where you, that you just had. Yeah, well, really about the line about the card, and it's mm-hmm. like to me. It doesn't matter where you are on the card. If Undertaker's in WrestleMania, yeah. he's the main event. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's the main event. Yeah. So last question. What's your favorite lunchbox that you have? I have. <laughs> Dave has a huge lunchbox collection. And I I've do. seen him collect them from around the world. I, I Yeah. And I and at this point still, it's, just, it's a 1967 Green Hornet lunchbox. And I love it so much because it's got, it's got Cato on it. It was Bruce Lee. It's kind of, I don't know. It's my weird connection there. But I'm... I'm after this goddamn 1954 Superman lunchbox. Okay. And I've seen some of them come up for sale, but I just haven't found the right one. And, uh, but is it like I'm super a, rare? It's not super rare, but the thing is, is they were so popular with the kids. So most of them, you know, when you get you give kids something, they beat yeah, it up after that. So, so finding them in good condition is really hard to do. So, but there's one I'm actually looking at now. There's, I'm praying, I'm praying <laughs> that the answer to that question in a few days will be my 1954. <laughs> but uh, we'll see, man. That's a few days down the road. Yeah. Well, Dave, man, it's great talking yeah, to you, dude. Thanks, man. Thanks really, for really me, cool bro. to yeah. have you here. And congratulations yeah. on all your success. Oh, man, thank you as well, dude. You're thanks, killing man. it, man. Thanks. You're killing it, Torrin. You're a rock star, dude. <laughs> you're, you're a bona fide rock star, man. <laughs> well, I appreciate. I mean, it's crazy, man. All the time you're when playing I would, stadiums. When, when I would show up with my. Uh, Shirt off and yeah. just wandering around in a daze. Right. I used to say that all the time. You look like a rock star, Jericho. And yeah. it's like, yeah. Well, it's because, yeah, because you'd always, you know, you were always that guy, man. You were drinking hard. You were living it, man. You were drinking hard. And trying night, to stay sane. Shirt open, li- drinking hard, yelling at all the rookies. How come not drinking? Yeah. I still do that <laughs> now. Door, man. You know, they, have fun. They don't like me as much anymore. Yeah. I still do that. Right. Vince is like, you got to calm down. These kids are not the same generation. You still have fun. That's what I like hanging out with the Samoan guys man. with Usos and yeah. Rays. Still go and yeah, have a drink. Well, so. they know, man. They were brought up the right That's way. Right. They're old school. They man. came in old school yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, totally, man. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, thank you, bro. Hey, thanks to Dave Batista. Did a great job as Drax in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, the blockbuster of the summer. Great job in the WWE. Looking forward to hearing what he's going to do next. Man, what a cool, cool two-part conversation. Thanks to all of you for joining me. Thanks to all of you as well for picking up the new Fozzie record. Do you want to start a war? Debuted at number 54 on the Billboard charts. Big thanks to all of you who bought it. Listen, it's on Amazon right now for $5.99. What are you going to wait for? I mean, come on. That is a great bargain for some great rock and roll music. If you love Fozzie, you're going to love this record. If you've never heard of Fozzie, now's your chance. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do you a solid, play you a little tidbit. I'm going to play you the title track from Do You Want to Start a War? Right here, right now, on Talk is Jericho. So crank it up, baby. Take your man.
Tune. That's going to be the second single. Working on the video uh, this week as well, doing some edits for that. You will see that very, very soon. And you will see us next month when we hit the road with Theory of a Dead Man. The tour starts September 17th. There's some headlining gigs on that tour. Once again, I'll run them past you. September 18th at Abilene at the Lucky Mule. September 25th at Munchies in Beckley, West Virginia. September 28th at Parkersburg, West Virginia at Sixpence. Uh, October 1st at Pierre's in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and returning to New York City, headlining the show, Fozzie at the Gramercy Theater, October 5th. Come on down. Check us out, man. And another big thanks to all of you who've been doing your online shopping through my Amazon link. It totally helps out this show, and it's really easy to find. How much easier can it be? Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcast Free banner at the top of the page. Eh? Then click on Talk as Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links in the USA, the UK, and Canada. Eh? It's really easy. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees. No hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done and helping me out in the process. So, that is it. Another great edition of Talk is Jericho. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. But guess what? Next week, I've got my biggest guest ever on Talk is Jericho. You think you know who I'm talking about? Hmm? I'm not going to play any games here. Next week on Talk is Jericho, I got him. It's time to play the game! Bound! Time to play the game! Bound! Yeah, you know who that is. Next week on Talk is Jericho. Who loves you, baby? Yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. <laughs>